for the month of December, we're dusting off some of our most popular episodes from this past year. Today's episode of Heart of the Home originally aired on February 6th of this year, and it discusses a topic top of mind for a lot of parents, technology in the home. Home. It is more than four walls and a roof. Home is a feeling. I'm Jennifer Stagg, and I believe that home is the most important place on the planet. Here, I dive into all things home, whether it's tips for my latest DIY project or interviews that examine what gives a house that something special. Join me as I get to the heart of the home. Low media home. It's certainly a buzz term these days, but how do you go about making it a reality in your house? Is it right for you? Technology and family guru Amy Iverson is a mom of three who has found the right balance in her own home. She writes a column for the Utah newspaper Deseret News and teaches everyone from parents to high school administrators how to help kids be conscientious digital citizens, as she calls them. I sat down with Amy for an interview that will have you pulling out your phones, changing your settings, setting boundaries, and evaluating your family's home technology usage. Hey guys, I'm jumping in for a minute to tell you about today's sponsor, Stag Design. Stag Design gives you beautiful products you can mix and match effortlessly to create your perfect home. Use the code HEARTOFTHEHOME for $10 off your next purchase. At Stag Design, we believe home is what we make it. You can find us at stagdesignshop.com. That's stag with two G's. Thanks for being here, Amy. Happy to be here. Yes, I'm a little bit intimidated because you are like a radio host (laughs) expert here. I have been in radio for decades. Can I say that? That makes me sound really old, but it's true. Yes. Well, you're also very technologically savvy, which is an area I lack in severely. So we're excited to learn more from you today. Okay, good. Well, it's okay now because your kids are little, but you got to get on board before they hit about 12. Okay. Okay. I've got a little time. (laughs) Okay. I'll have you be my guide. First, let's talk about, although you are very technologically savvy, you kind of live in a very rural area, right? I do. I live in rural Summit County, but that doesn't shield us from tech. I mean, you know, the kids up there all still have their cell phones and and the parents are struggling to keep up. And so that's kind of why I focus on what I focus on, because there's no way to keep up. Yeah. But if if we can kind of at least hone some of the stuff out there and give the essentials, it's helpful. I feel like when it comes to home life, these sort of low media homes, you know, are becoming more and more trendy. What is a low media home and and do you kind of buy into that? Well, I think and that's one of my main focuses that I try to help parents with is Maybe you have a bunch of media in your home, but you have to control it, right? So it can't just be a free-for-all at your house and kids watching TV and having a screen in front of their face 24-7. And so the way we've kind of moderated it a little bit in my home is we don't have a lot of TVs. We have our one main TV downstairs, one main TV upstairs, and we just really you know, we don't allow screens in bedrooms with doors closed. And and there's ways that you can embrace technology, but also control it a little bit. I think some parents have a hard time separating. When you say like screen time, are you talking like, you know, just cell phones and, and that kind of thing, apps? Or are we talking like Disney movies? Are those a problem as well? I mean, wh- where are the biggest problems within a home? Well, we had to decide that when we when we decided to put limits on screen time for our kids, 
um, it was a debate because they would say, well, I'm just watching a movie. And so for our family, what we decided is when you are in front of a screen, that is screen time. So whether that is playing a video game on your Xbox or watching a movie or on your social media apps, those all are the same thing. Now you can differentiate between homework, right? And just media, but the latest numbers show that kids, even as young as 13, besides homework, so take homework out of the equation, are, are um, having media come into their life six hours a day, almost seven, six hours and 40 minutes a day. That's as much time as they spend in school, pretty much. Exactly. I mean, that's crazy. So that means pretty much every waking moment they're not in school, they're consuming media somehow. You know, some parents may say, I want my child to be really tech savvy. That's the direction that things are going. I want them to, to know how to work computers and tablets. And like, why is this a bad thing? Well, I, I think it is a good thing. We ha- Our kids have to know how to use technology. Uh, when I speak to parents, a lot of times, parent groups, there's always one who will say, well, this is why I never buy my, I will never buy my child a cell phone, or this is why I will never allow my kids on social media. We can't be like that. For your kid to survive in this world and to be successful, they have to know how to work technology. We can't just be in the dark ages. So we do embrace it. But again, just like setting those limits in your home, we embrace the technology, but we teach them to be responsible digital citizens, which means we still have manners. We still have moderation. All of these things, we embrace it, but we also manage it. I believe really firmly that your home should sort of be like an escape, a sanctuary, a safe place from the outside world. How have you been able to to create that atmosphere with your family, specifically how it relates to technology? Well, I think there definitely are times when kids are going to be everyone's on a screen sitting on the same couch. So I do miss that communal thing where you're all watching the same TV show even, right? And you're all laughing together about it. So I think the key with parents is they have to set, I like two things. One is time, screen times, right? So you say, For an hour after school, there's no screens. We're going to do our homework. We're going to color, you know, whatever your kids are into. So you set those times when you ban technology and then also uh, screen free zones. So maybe that's in the car. I know a lot of parents who do that. So while we're driving, there's no screens. We're talking, we're singing songs, or maybe it's um, at the dinner table, you know, no phones at the dinner table. Those are things we've done in, in my household. So you can't ban it altogether, or I don't think you should, but you can have these times and zones where you know it's screen free and you're interacting and laughing together. How do you guys handle phones at night? Do you let your children keep them in their rooms or tablets in their rooms? Or is there like a place in your home where everybody has to go plug in their their devices? Yeah, I always encourage parents to make their kids plug in their devices, not even just in the kitchen, but at your bedside. Because guess what? They sneak up, (laughs) grab their phones in the middle of the night. So plug phones in at your bedside. Now, it changes with age. So I have two who are seniors. And a just this year, actually, when iOS came out with all these great controls where you as a parent can control your child's phone from your phone, which is awesome. And and if you have an Android phone, there's a great app called Family Link that does the same thing. What's the app on Apple called? It's not an app. It's part of your iOS. So it's just in settings. It's right under do not disturb in settings. It's called screen time. You go in there and if you're set up with family sharing, which you should be, 
then you can set times on your kid's phone where everything just turns off. You can say for that hour after school or a, or a bedtime when that happens. You can put content controls on there. You can put um, app controls on there where they only get a certain amount of time for social media and a certain amount of time for entertainment on their phone. It is the best thing ever. And so when they when they gave us that, it was like, such a release for me and such a weight off of my shoulders because I was always the nag. Now my phone can be the nag. My phone tells my kid, Hey, you've already done an hour, you know, and it's going to shut off. So when that happened, I let my, my seniors start keeping their phones in the room. I mean, they're going to college pretty soon, right? So I have to teach them tools. And so now what happens though, is their social media turns off at a certain time. They always have the ability to still call and text if they have to. So if they're doing that, but I'm giving them a little bit more freedom, right? I'm saying, okay, I'm turning off your social media, but if you must text, I guess you can. But so many kids will say, I use it as my alarm clock. Every kid will say that. You can buy an alarm clock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but with I'll these, buy you an alarm <laughs> <I know>. clock. <laughs> but with these new tools, the family link and then the screen time on your iOS, you can turn almost everything off and they can still use it as an alarm clock and keep it in their rooms. But if you're not going to do that, buy your bed. Kids are bombarded with so many outside messages, right? At Like at school and through texting. And there's so many different places that they can receive you know, external messages now, social media, telling them who they are, what their value is, what their worth is, um, opportunities for bullying and that sort of thing. How do you say to your kids, you know what, our home is a place where that isn't going to happen. And that is one of the reasons. I mean, how do you have those conversations with your kids? Like, that's one of the reasons that we're not going to make cell phones so accessible in our home, or that's why we have screen-free zones, or or what tips can you give parents to sort of have those conversations with their kids? Well, I think when it comes to making kids and adults feel less than because of other social media accounts they're seeing, it just boils down to conversations. And everything regarding technology and every problem that you're having with your kids because of technology boils down to communication. And so you start from a young age, like with you, with your daughters, and you start from a young age showing them, talking to them about how people really only put the most perfect posts on their feeds and how that's not really how real life is. And we can encourage our kids to follow people who may be a little bit more genuine, right? And they're not only following the supermodels. Um, I know that when my son was a little younger, I would go through his Instagram every night. And I would say, show me less of this, show me less of this. You know, you can do that as a parent because he was looking up workout videos and then there would be scantily clad women, you know, working out. And so I think as parents, we can get in their phones, make changes of things we want to do. But the key is communication. And, and you know that, and you, you're talking to your kids about their self-worth and how it isn't boiled down to how skinny they are and what diet they're on and, and those sorts of things. And, so I, when you talk about your home, though, are you thinking, are you thinking one day you might have a like a cell phone free home? I don't know about a cell phone free home. I mean, my job, right, is so involved on social media and my husband always has to be accessible via his phone. And I, I, I battle. I go back and forth, right? I think a lot of parents have sort of this internal struggle. I mean, my oldest is six, so we haven't crossed the, this bridge yet. But she has already asked, like, 
when do I get a phone? And I'm like, you don't get a phone for a long time. Luckily, she goes to a school where where not a lot of kids have cell phones. It's very rare. So I, I feel like that's going to help. One thing that um, I've talked about with a lot of parents in my neighborhood that I think is really interesting is a lot of us have kids that are the same age. And we've talked about having sort of a joint parent meeting to set up all the same ground rules. Like this is curfew for everybody. Everybody gets a cell phone at this age. This is when everyone can have social media so that the kids can't say, well, Amelia gets this. It's like, no, everybody gets the same. We're all the same. We're all supporting each other. I don't know if that's a good idea. Well, that's amazing if you can pull that off. <laughs> um, I've dealt with the, you're the only parent who doesn't let us do this or that for many, many years. And, you know, your kids just have to realize, well, every family is not the same, right? And so yeah. my battle with my older two was, was Snapchat for years. I wouldn't let them have Snapchat. And it terrifies me. It, it, it's horrible. I hate Snapchat. Me. But it got to the point uh, a couple of years ago where every... The, the thing I hate about Snapchat is that you can't see what your kids posted because right. their messages disappear. And so that was always my thing. I said, no, I have to be able to check. I have to be able to do spot checks on your phone and see what's going on. And I can't do that with Snapchat. Well, a couple of years ago, Instagram also gave you that capability. You can do disappearing messages on Instagram and actually iOS on your iPhone. You can send disappearing messages. So I no longer... I did not know this. Yes. What is happening? Yes. So (laughs) I was faced with that question of, okay, am I banning all social media and texting from my children? Or am I going to try to trust them with these things and teach them? And so when they turned 16, we had big, long conversations and we still have conversations but I let them have Snapchat and I hate it. But you have to decide, am I going to just say no social media at all for my kids? Or am I going to try to teach them how to use it correctly? There's no way for you to check it. There's no way. Sometimes kids will tattle on each other, but uh, I think there comes an age and only you will know when your child is ready or if they're ever ready to do that. But I figure my kids are leaving my home right? In seven months. So at what point do they need to? I don't want my kids to ever leave my home. I want them to live with me forever and never have cell phones. Are your kids to the point though, where they appreciate the home environment that you've created when it comes to technology? Or are they still a little bit like resentful or, you know, I, I have, you know, my daughters have friends who one of them already has, um, one of those little watches, what a gizmo watch, a gizmo Mm -hmm. watch, right? She's six. And now Ruby's saying, I want a gizmo watch. Why can't I have a gizmo watch? And I'm like, we just have different rules in our house. I'm hopeful that someday she'll appreciate the ground rules and the boundaries that we've put in place. But are your kids to that point yet? Mine aren't, but I, I, some children I have heard have said, um, you know, they were grounded from their phone for a week and they, and they realized that that was a good thing. That hasn't happened with my children. (laughs) They're just mad. (laughs) (laughs) My senior daughter just the other night was lamenting the fact that I turned her Snapchat off at 1030 on school nights and she doesn't like that. Um, So I haven't given her total freedom. I've given her more freedom, but, and I also have a 12 year old who just got his phone um, his first phone. And he is still giddy and grateful for everything at this point because um, he's 12. So my rule with my kids, the average age a kid gets a smartphone these days is 10. That's, That's the insane. average age in the U.S. My rule with my kids was always when they were going to be places without me, 
I like them having a phone because you can track them. You can contact them, right? They need a ride, whatever. And so that didn't happen for my kids until about 12. There's no hard and fast age, I don't think, for kids ever when they need a phone or when they shouldn't have a phone. You know when your kid is ready. Um, Like I said, I don't think you should keep it from them their whole life because it's kind of something that we all need to know how it works. But so my 12-year-old is still grateful. My seniors... I don't know how grateful they are. I think we can probably both agree that it's that it's best to come up with the ground rules that you're going to have way before you get to that point. But for parents who have already sort of entered into the technology waters and are realizing they're in over their heads, what tips do you have for them on how to scale back a little bit and and create a lower media environment in their home? Well, it is never too late. It is never too late to go in and say, you know what? I messed up and I didn't really know the effects of this. And now I kind of am seeing them and I want to tweak this a little bit. So even your kids, how young they are, I say as soon as you're giving your kid access to any sort of online technology. So if you're handing your daughter an iPad once in a while, it's time for a family technology contract. The American Academy of Pediatrics has a great one where you go through and you check boxes about what you'd like and different things, and it'll kind of print it out for you. This is something you should do with your family. Have a little family council. Talk talk to your kids about how much time do you think you need online every day? They'll always say lower than they're actually doing, but it's a great way to feel for what they think is important. So you're not just making a rule and say, sign this, but make a family contract together and then they sign it and you sign it because you have responsibilities too as a parent. If you if you will follow these rules, I am going to pay for your phone. I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to allow you to have certain apps and these things and you both sign it and then you know from the very beginning. If you've waited and they're 14 and they are addicted to their Xbox, guess what? Still not too late. You say, hey, we should have done this years ago. We're going to start now. What if you're that parent... I don't really have this concern because I grew up in a very strict household with a father that waited for me by the door every single night um, on weekends. And, you know, I snuck out one time and I had a lock on my window the next (laughs) night. So I, I don't really have this fear of like being the parent that's like resented or hated or, or, you know, FOMO with, you know, worrying about your kids missing out on things. But for those parents who are really concerned and think, I don't want my kid to be the nerdy kid that doesn't have a cell phone or doesn't, you know, I don't want them to feel left out. And maybe this really is a way that they can connect with their friends. What advice do you have for them? Well, there's no doubt it's the way they connect. I mean, my teenagers who are seniors are exclusively using Snapchat as their communication device among their friends. Stop it. They don't even have their friends' text numbers. They don't even have phone numbers. They they have snaps, you know. So, so it's funny. My daughter was just telling me about her friend who is dating this boy. And the way they met was they were both driving in separate cars down the freeway. And this boy was on his phone. And she yelled out the window, get off your phone. And he said, give me your snap, you know, and she puts her her snap address. She's in a bus. So she puts her snap address up on the phone and that's how they start talking and they're dating now. So this is how they communicate. And this is, um, and it does um, offer them social opportunities that they may not have. I don't think you have to worry about your kid being the quote nerdy kid or whatever, because here's the key. You're doing it right, Jen, in talking to other parents because you will get from your kids, everybody else has this app or that app. Everybody else gets to keep their phones all night. 
And you'll finally get up the courage to talk to those parents and find out that's not true. And so it is so nice to have a tribe of parents where you're talking, where you're open about problems that you might be having with your kids on their phones. This is the only thing that has saved me, to be honest, to talk to other parents to know I'm not alone in my struggles with my kids and their phones and how can we help each other, right, to combat all the problems we're having. What do you want your kids to remember about your home when they go off to college and they come back at Christmas time? Or what feeling do you want your home to have and and memories for them to have of their home environment? Well, I've tried to continue traditions my mom did. And so I'm kind of over the top with every single holiday. I decorate for every holiday. And I remember a couple of years ago, I was tired and I just was like, I'm not going to put out my Valentine decorations, (laughs) you know? And my 16-year-old son was like, when are you, when are you going to put out the Valentine decorations? <laughs> I miss the hearts, mom. You know, and the thing is, is when you, all of these holidays that we celebrate, they have a meaning. Maybe it's a religious meaning to you, or maybe it's just a family meaning. meaning. But I think it's so important to talk with your kids. I hope my kids remember good food and fun and a welcoming environment for their friends. You know, we're the family who gets the pool we got the pool table and the air hockey all those things because we want people to gather at our house and that has been my biggest goal with my older kids that their their friends feel welcome and they want to bring them to our house and I I just love when kids your kids friends feel comfortable there so I hope I'm doing that by supplying a lot of snacks and some good conversation wow okay how can people find you Amy So I write weekly for DeseretNews.com, and it's super easy, DeseretNews.com slash Amy. You can find all the archives, just great information for parents trying to navigate technology and and Studio 5 every week on Channel 5 locally in Salt Lake City. You can find me there. And last little pep talk boost for parents. You can do it. You can do it. And it just takes a little effort. It's hard. It's easy for parents to say, oh, my kids are so much better at technology than I am. Baloney. Maybe they are now. But guess what? There's a thing called Google and you get on there and you can research anything and you can figure it out and um, and do figure it out. Because if not, your kids will run right over you. Perfect note to end on. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jennifer Stagg, and you've been listening to The Heart of the Home. I hope you'll subscribe, review, and rate this podcast, and tune in next episode for more Heart of the Home. Thank you so much for listening.